I, I love that, that verse, that memory verse from Ephesians chapter 5, which says, following the example of Christ. And uh, I was talking to uh, Pastor Simon some time back, and he said, well, you know, we're talking about discipleship. I said, well, that, that, I really love that theme of discipleship because we are uh, living to follow the example of Christ. And God wants us. And I, I, and I just pray that this morning, something of what I share, something will stick in your heart. And, and you'll get a sense that, uh, that, that Jesus wants you to follow his example. Right? People around us say, well, what, 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 you know, what do you believe? What do, what, what, what's the message? What's the answer? And often they get confused because they don't like what they see. Uh, but you and I today have a, a tremendous call to follow the example of Christ. And so it's really good to be teaching the kids that as well. How many of you older people remember that verse? Okay, well, it's about time. Ephesians 5.2, following the example of Christ. Let's pray. And thank you for your welcome this morning. And it's great to, uh, to brave the cold to come up from the deep south and, and uh, not as far out as Michelago, the farmers in Michelago, but nearly, nearly there. Lord, we thank you that you call us this morning to follow the example of Christ. And we feel limited and we feel... Uh, restricted and we feel that sometimes the things that we deal with every day make it hard for us to follow the example of Christ. But help us, Lord, to see that you call us to discipleship and that in the call to discipleship, you are there. You don't leave us to wander through and find our own way. When you say, follow my example, you go with us or we go with you. Teach us today to walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just a very quick passage from the Bible. I'm sure you've read it Quazillion times from uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 24, 25. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. That's hard. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I was talking recently to a pastor of a, a large church uh, south of Sydney, and he said, he said, we're just, we're just now seeing people come back to church. Uh, and, you know, for a long time, we, we were allowed to meet and we, we, we met on Zoom and, and we tried to keep up with people. And now we're allowed to come back to church. But a lot of people are finding it hard to come back for all kinds of reasons. Um, and, 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 and he said, all around New South Wales, many of the big churches are finding maybe only 50% of people have come back. Uh, but, but what we've discovered, and I was sitting in the car bringing him up from the airport to a meeting, he said, what we've discovered is that we have been neglecting discipleship. He said, if people aren't, haven't come back, maybe we never had them with us. Uh, but we haven't been focusing on discipleship. And God's reminding us that we need to, uh, to, uh, to make people disciples and to grow in disciples, a discipleship, and grow in our personal walk so that we will be, what was it? Imitators of Jesus. You know, how many of you remember the days before COVID? I, I, I get sick of talking about COVID, but you know, I promise there is, a, there is an upside. Um, looking at some of you with, with your masks on this morning, I get it, I really get it. Um, but before COVID, we Christians made a lot of assumptions about what was going on in the world. We, we in the West in particular, we, we talked about our freedom of worship. You know, I can go to church, I can go to this church or that church, I can change churches. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a menu of churches, there's a menu of worship, and it's all up there. 
and, and, and some people talked a lot about church growth and mega churches. And, and, you know, my church is bigger than yours. You know, we got 30,000 last Sunday morning. Uh, and, and we watched it and, and, and we, we, we tried to recast our faith to meet their contemporary audience and speak with a contemporary language. And we paid a lot of attention to numbers. Uh, and, and we assumed that that would always be the case, that we, that we were there, we were in the 21st century, we were, we were more advanced than any other Christian generation, and, and suddenly it was shut down. Suddenly it wasn't there anymore. We couldn't come to church overnight. We were told that we couldn't go to home groups. You couldn't go out on a short-term mission trip. 75% of the Australian Christian Church's missionaries came back to Australia. Uh, and, and, and so and suddenly everything shut down, not because the communists had taken over, not because the, uh, uh, the cultural wars had won, not because the new, the new Marxists, the new, the, the new atheists like Richard Dawkins had, had won the day, but because of a little virus that no one could see except through a microscope. Suddenly everything was shut down and, and, and overnight, uh, the church, as we knew it, hit the pause button. How many of you remember that? We all remember that. And when I think of, look back and think of it now, I think, oh, what a, what a traumatic time. You know, we don't want to go back there again. Um, but what we discovered was that everything that we assumed we had was vulnerable, that nothing was uh, untouchable. Uh, and, 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 and we also discovered that, that a lot of our, in who we were and our identity as churches and the narrative about the way that we did church suddenly was, was frozen. We could, you can't do it. Uh, and, and, you know, Zoom was great and then we all got Zoomed out and, 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 and a lot of people really were forced to wonder, what, what, you know, what do I believe? Uh, where am I going? Uh, but as the, as, as, as the months rolled on, like this pastor I told you about earlier. As the months rolled on, many Christians around this country discovered that they'd been neglecting discipleship. Many churches have been neglecting discipleship. Uh, and, and so what has come out of this period has been a new call and a new emphasis on growing as disciples and understanding what it is to affirm the lordship of Jesus in our lives. That Jesus is Lord and Master. You know, when I, when I was a boy, we used to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't hear that expression much these days. You know, but, but we've, just, we've rediscovered the Lordship of Christ, and it's still the same Jesus who comes to us in Canberra 2022 with that same verse. He said, he said if you want to follow me, you've got to take up your cross and come after me and, and deny yourself. That's the hardest thing, deny yourself. You know, all the things that we work for and that we think are valuable in our lives, Jesus said, put them all aside and follow me. Now, I wonder how many of us today are prepared to do that. You know, if you read it, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I think it's a very hard thing to do. It's easy to, to, to go with the flow, but, it, but it's, it's really ironic that with everything that was happening in the world and all the advances that we were enjoying in living in a modern society, all it took was a tiny, tiny virus to remind us that the Christian life isn't just based on coming to church, even though I love coming to church. I love the people of God. I love worshipping. I, I, I love lifting my hands in praise. I love being involved in a home group and in leadership. And I, 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 I love hanging out with Christians, going out for cups of coffee or cake if you're one of the ladies. I, I love that. 
I, I, I enjoy that. But, but, but when that gets shut down, we're forced to think again about the kind of uh, relationship that we have with Jesus when we're isolated from everything else. And so as we hit the restart button, and we have hit the restart button, we're discovering that discipleship is more important than ever. Now let me ask you, and I ask myself, what, what do we mean by discipleship? I lived in the Middle East for a number of years. Uh, I worked in the Australian Embassy in Beirut, and occasionally I'd go through parts of the country where, where, where there were people, people who lived in caves. They said, to be a disciple of Jesus, I'm going to leave my job, leave my family, leave my, the familiar circumstances and go and live in a cave. And there were people that had been living in this cave for years. And people would, uh, their friends would come to the, to, to the top of the cliff and, and lower baskets to them and they'd take the food and they'd go back in and so that they could be more spiritual. Because the more alone they were, the more that they felt that they were living in a life of discipleship. Now, I'm sure that for some people that works. I'm not, I'm not, being, I'm not dissing it. <laughs> for some people that works, it doesn't work for me. You know, I love being with people. I, I could not, I don't know what it would be like to live in a cave. My middle name is Warren. But I, I'd hate to be living in a Warren, you know, away from, away from contact with the rest of the world uh, with the ability to, you know, my, my wife likes being by herself. I hate being by myself. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. Um, but we need to understand what discipleship is because, um, you know, we live in a busy, complex, rushing, super crazy busy world uh, in, in, in which there is one person who calls us in the midst of all of that and he says, I want you to be my follower. Whether you're at school, university, whether you're in an aged person's home, whether you're a public servant, whether you're packing lunch and leaving out lunch, out of the lunchbox, whatever it is, because you know, we're all human. Uh, you know, wherever we are, we all need to discover what it means to be a disciple and to live in such a way in our relationship with God that has, that has a total impact on our character and our belief in who we are in our identity. And to be honest about the personal pains that we face and the frustrations and the failures and the issues that we go through, but, at the, but in, in the context of all of that, because we're human, to still hear Jesus saying, follow me, follow me. And as you follow me, plant good seed in your life, a seed that will bring forth fruit. You know, there's a little passage in Mark verse 3, 14. I only, I only noticed it recently, where Jesus is calling his disciples. There's a couple of passages where it's mentioned. Mark 3 says that Jesus called his disciples so that they would be with him. You get that? So that they would be with him. And you can't be a disciple at a distance. You can't grow as a Christian at a distance. You can't grow as a Christian via social media. You can't grow as a Christian even in the fleeting encounters that we have here on a Sunday morning, as important as it is. You can't grow as a Christian just through those fleeting encounters, looking at someone's back uh, as we raise our hands and then we go home and we you know, get lunch ready because that, you know, the day's gone and it's a beautiful afternoon. Um, you can't even do that in a home group, even though I'm, I'm, I'm a passionate believer in home groups. Right? These are all just little moments in our times, but, but being a disciple of Jesus is what happens tomorrow morning because none of us is going to be here tomorrow morning. Till next Sunday morning, we're all going to be out there somewhere, living in the world, confronting the world, dealing with the world, 
facing the same issues that everybody else faces um, and, and seeking to be disciples and followers of Jesus uh, in, in all of that. And so what we've discovered is that discipleship means growing in our relationship with him, not just socializing with one another as much as we love it and as much as the body of Christ functions through people in relationship with one another. And, and, and that's, that's so critical. But the kind of transformation that can only come about as we have our personal encounters with Jesus himself. When was the last time he spoke to you? When was the last time that you really sensed that you were hearing from God? When was the last time that suddenly you, you, your heart left because the Holy Spirit was saying something to you? I put my phone on silent. I think I did. I hope I did. <laughs> Before I stood up. But, but so many of us put our lives on silent. And so we say, well, I can't hear God. That's why. Let's be open. Let's be willing to listen to him. Uh, because many of the issues that we face and the doubt and the unbelief that we deal with as Christians uh, and, and the, the, the problems that we contend with is because we've forgotten what it means to be disciples. So you say, well, well how does, what does it mean? How does, how does that all come about? I have a, a good friend who's a professional coach, and uh, he gets paid a lot of money to be a coach. Uh, not, not a football coach, but, a, but, but a, you know what I mean, a coach, you know, helping people deal with work and other situations. And, 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 and on one level, that's what the world understands. And some of these are good models, you know, mentoring, tutoring. These are all very good terms, but discipleship is much more than that. When Jesus says, I want you to deny yourself, that's more than mentoring. <laughs> that's living a life of relationship. That's making a commitment of relationship and surrender and, and, and commitment to him that, that, that it, it goes beyond anything that I see in, in, in the commercial world around us. In the times of Jesus, a disciple was someone who identified someone whose beliefs and whose teachings they liked, and, and, and they would follow them, and sometimes they, they would pay their wages and they'd travel with them and live with them. Remember what Jesus said? You know, he chose his disciples so that they would be with him. And, and that kind of discipleship was based on relationship. Now, I, I don't remember the last time I saw someone walking through town with a group of people following, hanging off their every word. I'm sure there are some, uh, but, but it's not a kind of Canberra thing to do. But in the New Testament, that was very common, that people would follow their, their, their guru or their teacher or their master. Um, and, you know, and Jesus had plenty of followers, but very few disciples. He had oodles of followers. They'd turn up in the thousands to say, Jesus, we love you. But as soon as they saw the cross, they fled. <laughs> With Jesus, we love your teaching. We'll build great buildings in your name. We'll build great cathedrals in your name. But don't take us to the cross. That's a different story altogether, isn't it? We love you healing people and we love your parables and we love to watch the miracles, but we don't like that cross. And Jesus says, well, there's a few of you, just a few of you who are going to hang on through the journey and grow in discipleship. And for Australians, that can be very hard to swallow because we, have, we pride ourselves on being able to say, you can't tell me what to do. How many of you have heard that? How many of you believe that? How many of you live that way? You can't, who are you to tell me what to do? You know, I'm, I live in a free society. Nobody's going to boss me around. And so as a consequence, 
As a consequence of that, many people, including Christians who go to church, do so just as critical spectators. When someone said to me recently, oh, I didn't like the worship this morning, I said, well, it wasn't for you. <laughs> it wasn't for you. <laughs> it was for God. But so so we, 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 bring, we, we make ourselves uh, 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 spectators instead of disciples. And, and so what we do is that we end up following a model or a creed or a denominational creed. And denominational creeds can be good. You know, what do I believe? Well, this is what I believe. I believe that. And it's important to know that. But, but, but wait, there's more. For some people, it means adhering to a tradition and a style. And, and we, all have our, we all have our styles. We all have our rituals. The most free Pentecostal churches still have their rituals. We're all liturgical. You know, we've got to do it the right way every time because that's the way we do it. Um, but, but even that, even, even calling ourselves Christ followers doesn't make us disciples. We've got to take another look. Jesus said, well, it's always been that way. There's nothing new. To some people, Jesus came up in the crowd and said, listen, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. Is that your story? Is that your testimony? Is that something you can pray? And Jesus comes to you and says, you call me teacher and Lord? That's right, because that's what I am. I'm teacher, I'm Lord, I'm master, and I'm boss in your life. To other people, Jesus said, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? We have to make a choice. And the challenge for us as we're growing as disciples is we're going to fit into one of those two groups. Those for whom a decision to follow Jesus, a decision to take these words literally and apply them personally, is going to involve a lifelong choice. And others of us who may say, well, yep, yep, that's okay, but um, yeah, on Sunday. Uh, you know, it doesn't really touch our hearts. It doesn't really grab us uh, where, where we are. Discipleship is a journey, a journey of following Jesus, a, a journey of being in relationship with Jesus, a journey of being in relationship with his people and growing and living in his life through the kind of surrender he talks about in that verse. Deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Jesus said uh, in uh, Luke verse 40, uh, chapter 6, verse 47, he said, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me and listens to my teaching and then follows it. What is discipleship? It means hearing his voice. It means coming to him, listening to his teaching, and following it. Romans 8.29 says that we're called to, to be transformed and, and remade in his likeness. We sang that in one of the choruses this morning. How many of us pray that we'll be remade in the likeness of Jesus? Conformed to his image. John, uh, 1 John 2 verse 6 says this. Those who say they live in God... How many of you say you live in God? They're Christians, yes? Any Christians here? One or two. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. I'll say that again. It's in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Now, I, I love belonging to church. I, I, I hang out for Sunday morning. Uh, I, you know, I love hanging out with, with, with Christians or in, in a home group. Uh, I, I like my tribe, but discipleship is not my tribe. I'm not saying that discipleship happens in, in, in exclusion from the tribe, 
because we grow together. No one grows isolated. No one grows by walking out and doing their own thing and, and forgetting the rest of the body of Christ. We grow together. And, and we have to keep re-emphasising re that. But, but the tribe alone isn't going to get us over the line because often the, the temptation is to, is to live by, well, I obey the rules of the tribe, I conform to the culture of the tribe. And so Jesus came to his tribe and the Pharisees said, hey, hey Jesus, we've got 613 laws. Oh, we're good. We've, we've made up 613 laws uh, and lots of other bylaws. You know, there's a law for this and a law for that and a law for something else. Uh, but the problem was that they'd, they'd, taken, they'd taken what they thought was what God had said or understood what God had said and they stapled it onto God's word. And in stapling it to God's word, they ended up being legalistic about it. If you don't do this, then you're not part of the group. That, that can happen. But, but discipleship isn't just uh, keeping a code of conduct or applying a formula in a magical way um, and expecting that it'll make us more pious. It, it, that won't make us, uh, uh, cause us to grow as Christians. It won't bring about maturity or transformation. So what I want to emphasize this morning, I, you know, I've been reading my Bible since I could read, since I was a little boy in Baptist Sunday school, you know. You read your Bible, learn your memory verses. And, you know, I've, I've filled my mind with King James Version memory verses that I had to change through various iterations and translations over the years. Um, and I think it's good. It's good to remember the Bible. It's good to remember verses. Uh, but it's not just about accumulating a lot of deep information about the Bible or about Jesus um, because we can still get stuck that information all that detail, all those memory verses, which are powerful because they're God's word, can still be stuck 18 inches between our minds and our hearts. 18 inches from where it needs to bring about real lasting life and transformation. Can you understand what I'm saying? It's got to come from the heart. And as we allow God's word to go from our brain into our heart, and bring about change in life and, and, and let the Holy Spirit come and illuminate it and, and set us on fire with, with the love of God and the desire to know him and walk in his way, then, then we're on a journey of discipleship. It's sometimes, you know, we, we all have our cultures and conforming to a culture can be good. Conforming to a tradition can be good uh, because we need uh, uh, flesh and blood ex examples that we can follow. But as soon as we make it a model, we lose purpose. How many of you know, you know, WWJD? What would, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? But the moment that just becomes a model, it loses its strength. The moment it becomes a phrase or a rhetoric or a saying, it loses its strength. And you can have all the WWJD paraphernalia, and God bless you if you do, but, but, but it's got to be real. What would Jesus do right now in my life, in my situation? So it's more than a program. It's more even, so if you Google discipleship courses, you'll find lots of discipleship courses, but discipleship's not doing a course. It's growing in relationship with Jesus Christ, in collaboration with his people. It's a way of life. Did you hear that? It's a, it's a way of life. Growing, growing as, as disciples is a way of life. God does the work as we are surrendered to him, as we hear his words saying, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me, it's the work of the Holy Spirit 
as we surrender to him and seek to live a, a way that imitates him. But it's not based on compliance. It's based on life. God give us life. You can comply and still miss the point. You can comply and still, and still not be switched on to the power source. I pray that we would, each of us, be growing in our relationship with him. See, Jesus focused his disciples on growing in character as the people of God. Jesus focused his disciples as, as people who were working in relationship with God so that the, what they lived on the outside was evidence of what was happening on the inside. He taught them about prayer and fasting. He taught them about giving and serving. He taught them about humility. He taught them about living out each day uh, in surrender to the Father. He taught them about living by God's truth in a world that followed the great lie. He taught them about dying to themselves. Let me come back to the verse. He, what's it say? Whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever would lose his life for my sake will find it. It's a choice. Which way do we go? There are two options there. You want to save your life, you're going to lose it. But you'll lose your life to him and you'll save it. Now, I don't mean you've got to be a martyr. Although I've known people, I know people who've been martyrs. I, 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 my wife and I became good friends with a, a lady who, when we lived in, in, in Lebanon. And, and she was a Christian, a, um, a social worker. She, she was a, a midwife. And she taught him one of the camps there. And one day they came down and they said, we don't like what you're teaching. And they put three bullets in the head. So, so some people go that way. I don't think any of us will go that way. I, I, I suspect we won't go that way. But Jesus said, you've still got to be prepared to lay it down. Because if you're not prepared to lay it down, you're not going to grow. That's a powerful choice. That's a pretty graphic choice that we're called to make. Jesus said, come and die. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, most of, you, most of you who, who Dietrich Bonhoeffer was, he wrote a book and, and he talked about discipleship a long, long time ago, because he died a long time ago. And, and he said, when Jesus, calls, when Jesus Christ calls a man, he calls him to come and die. Discipleship is relationship. And as we seek to reach out into the world that does not know him, will not acknowledge him, is not interested in him, doesn't want to submit to him, um, uh, he says, I'll still give you the power and the capacity to do it. The Holy Spirit will come and live in you. He'll be with you and he'll be in you and he'll teach you. We need to re-engage our lives and our relationship with, with the Holy Spirit as we follow Jesus. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to be in us and, and, and with us and talking to us. And, and, and we need to be listening to him about the things that he wants to do in our lives. Because he's the spirit of truth. And you will not learn anything about living the life of a disciple without the work of the Holy Spirit. You can learn it all up here, but you'll never be a disciple. It's only when the spirit of God takes these words of Jesus and supernaturally brings them to your understanding and, 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 and lights that fire in your life. It's when the spirit of God does his work, then that's, then that's when discipleship happens. That's when we learn the importance of living in the spirit and walking in the spirit and walking in relationship with him. And this was a message all through the New Testament. Listen to what Paul said, and I just jotted down a sample of a few verses. He writes to the church at Corinth and says, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Later on, he writes to the church in Philippi. 
Join together and follow my example, brothers and sisters, just as I have, you have asked for a model. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me and everything you heard me saying and doing. Uh, to Timothy, he says, what, sh uh, what you heard from me, keep as a, a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. He, he writes to Timothy later on, chapter uh, 2 Timothy 3, uh, you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance, my persecutions, and my sufferings. And then he says, he, against the background of all of this, he said, I want you to be like me because I'm being like Jesus. Follow me, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I thank God for people like Simon and James and others in the church here who, uh, whom I know uh, are seeking to live in their own walk with God, in their own relationship with God in such a way that if people follow them, then, then they'll be following Jesus. That is a tall order. If people follow you, will they be following Jesus? I pray that that will be the case because disciples reproduce disciples. Disciples make disciples. What did Paul say? Follow me as I follow Christ. Make disciples and encourage them to grow spiritually because we're following our Lord and we're living in surrender to him and drawing attention to him and becoming like him. And Jesus says, this is how to live. Watch me and then do it and live that way. I want to close on this passage. I'm told that by the time the church bells start ringing on, on the hour, we're, we're out of here, so I, I don't want to overdo it. So, so, so hang with me. Before the church bells ring, I, I, I came across a passage that I'd read a lot, a lot before, but then I looked at the, the, the Greek meaning of one of the words. And it comes from Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. And I think this sums it up. Paul writes to the church in Galatia that's been um, bewitched by false teaching. Some of them had been. He uses the word bewitched. He said, you've, you've, you've embraced a whole lot of stupid stuff. Now, you know, come on, get your act together and get back to your relationship with God. And, and, and he says, listen to this in chapter 4, he says, Oh, my dear children, he's pleading like a father because he was involved in that church. I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again and they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. Do you like that passage? He says, I'm going to keep working at it until Christ is fully developed in your lives. Now, here's the exciting bit. The Greek word is morpho. He said, you're going to morph into the character of Jesus. I love that. I love that. We try and bring it about through compliance and through, through things that we can do and we make our efforts and, you know, we, we go through the process and it's, it's important to go through processes. But there's this that sense in which it's only the Holy Spirit who can morph us into the character of Jesus. It's supernatural. And as we follow him, some, 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 suddenly we wake up and we realize that we think differently, we act differently, we respond differently, we love differently, respond to to the hassles differently, respond to people who are nagging us differently. Something's happened on the inside. It's, it's almost like we've been morphed into the character of Jesus. What a, what a, powerful, what a powerful truth here. God wants to, to take you and he wants to morph you into the character of Jesus. How do you do it? 
He does it. What we have to learn how to do is to take, deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow him and make discipleship our day-to-day journey. And as we do that, instead of seeking what is good for us, instead of seeking our objectives and our purposes and our goals and our visions and our missions and all those other things we write down, he says, let, let them go. Let them go. Let God do what he wants to do in your life. The most important thing is your relationship with Jesus Christ. The most important thing is being able to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. The most important thing when you pick up the Bible is is to let God's word, God's spirit come and reveal himself to you through it. And as you pray, instead of just doing it mechanically because, well, you know, we pray the same way we've always prayed, to, to to, to take a step out and say, now I really want it to be based on my relationship with Jesus Christ. And before you realize it, Something will have happened. And what will have happened will be that you're following him and allowing yourself to live as a disciple of a master, a lord, a savior, king of your life, Jesus Christ. He'll be morphed in his likeness. Who wants that? I tell you what, every wife here wants her husband to be morphed into the likeness of Jesus and vice versa. Oh, if only, if, only, if only our kids could see us morphed into the likeness of Jesus. But that's what society believes can never happen, but we know does happen because it's the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, works in our lives as we follow Jesus to make us like him. Lord Jesus, well, I want to thank you this morning for the power of your word. Lord, it's, it's not us. We don't follow ourselves or a teacher or a guru or a prophet. We follow you, Jesus. And in these moments today, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open and listening and responsive so that we would hear you saying to us, even today in this 1st of May, 2022, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. We want to be your disciples, Jesus. Help us to grow so that when the world sees us, they'll see that we've been morphed into someone new, something different. The old will have given way to something new. Jesus, we want your character to be morphed in us so that we would be living living children of God in a generation that needs to have hope and needs a future. Lord, bless each one of us and speak to us through your word and continue to, continue to stir up our hearts uh, so that we'll walk in, 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 in this kind of discipleship we've been talking today. Jesus, you're our master. You're our teacher. You're our savior. Thank you that you send your spirit to live in our hearts to give us the power and the capacity to be dynamic Christians. In Jesus' name, amen.